Hey, what's up? My name is Micah Billingsley, and what a privilege it is to meet you today. Today is Sunday, and I'm here today. You might be asking, where is Pastor Damon? Um, why isn't he here? Who's this big head guy with glasses? Well, let me pause for a second. Okay, I serve in the Tampa area. My wife and I at a church named Bridgeway, and your pastors have asked me um, to step in and share just a little bit of what God whispered in my heart. And so today I get the chance. But before I begin this word today, I want to brag about your pastors. See, your pastors have spoken to our life for many years. As a matter of fact, it was some time ago where your senior pastor, he, Pastor Damon, served in another church um, with Pastor Israel, and he was behind the scenes putting things together, moving things around. And I was a little peon on a staff in Colorado watching from a far until the day I got a chance to meet him and his bride, Dr. Taisha. Both of them were examples from afar, and that wish, that prayer came together where we started to serve one church and another, and his pastor would come in and visit our pastor, and we got a chance to build and to balance, and he spoke into me. He, he corrected me sometimes, and he helped me to understand this call of God of my life. And so if you haven't yet, make sure you say thank you. You love them because you need to let them know and appreciate how great your pastors are. So before we do anything, if you can simply put your hands together. Yes, we thank you, Pastor Damon. We thank you, Dr. Taisha, for the excellence and the awesomeness by which you lead the body of Christ. Okay, so today I get a chance to jump into a word. Now, this word has been um, circling in my heart for a while now. It's been jumping in my spirit, kind of just simmering like a good meal um, in the winter. And I know in Florida, we don't experience those cold days often, but like a chili just simmering for a very long time. And today I get the privilege to share it. So without further ado, if you have a Bible, okay, open up your Bible or click your Bible to the book of Luke chapter 10, chapter 10, and we're going to begin um, with a few verses at verse 38. Verse 38. Here reads the word of God. I'll be reading from the New King James Version. It reads, now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus's feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left to left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. Such a familiar portion of text, such a uh, uh, reminder, okay, of Mary worshiping at the altar. But before we get to that, I want to give you my message title. Are you ready? You can lean in. Are you ready? Okay. If I were to title today's message, I would title it a simple title, Stuck in Between. Can you tell your neighbor that? Stuck in Between. 
Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this awesome word. We know that the flower fades and the grass withers, but the word of the Lord speaks. Now speak big in me this morning, okay, to the hearts of City Place Church. We thank you for this great day, for this great opportunity, for all that you bring to us in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. So a simple question, have you ever been stuck in between? Like maybe um, you went to a restaurant, you walked up, you looked up at the menu, and you were stuck between the chicken and that special sauce and the steak cut up, sliced and diced with those vegetables. <laughs> maybe you're one that's been in that situation, okay, where you've had a relationship and this friend calls you, hello, what's up, you want to come over? And another friend texts you and says, dude, you got to come to my house and and you were stuck in between. Perhaps you, you've been in a scenario and the scenario is kind of crazy because um, you didn't know, um, did, did you want sauce in the middle of the sandwich on this side or a sauce on that side? So instead of it, you were the meat in the middle, Right. I'm being silly and kind of um, over the top, but there's nothing like being stuck between. OK, stuck between a decision, stuck between a scenario, stuck between a circumstance, stuck in between a dynamic that causes you to go this way or that way. Have you ever been stuck between? See, my subject matter today is two sisters, one sister named Martha and the other sister Mary. But before we get into Martha, um, let's talk about Mary for a second. This is the famous Mary, Mary of Bethany. And I'm going to consult my notes as I read this. Mary okay, of Bethany is seen three times in this gospel, okay, the gospel record. She, um, on each occasion, shows up in the same exact place. She was consistent, okay, consistent. She shows up at the feet of Jesus. And if I can pause there, okay, um, you can be standing, you can be with friends, you can be between a scenario, but if you ever find yourself stuck at the feet of Jesus, you're in a safe space. You're in a safe location. And I want to tell you something, okay, you're in the right avenue to get what's necessary for the moment you need. Amen. Amen. But she sat by his feet and listened to his word. This is the scripture I just read in Luke 10:39. OK, but she also fell at his feet and shared her pain. This comes in the book of John, chapter 11, verse 32. And she also came um, to his feet in the next chapter and poured out her worship on Christ. This is Luke chapter 12 verses, or excuse me, John chapter 12, verse 3, okay? She um, is always found at her knees, but there's something interesting, okay? There was always a fragrance present. There was always a fragrance. See, in the book of Luke, okay, it had to do with food, and you know when food fills the room, there's nothing like grandma's cooking that shows up when you walk in in the room. <laughs> I'm hungry this morning. When you walk in the room, okay, um, the food fragrance fills the room. But in John chapter 11, there was another fragrance that took place. And this fragrance, my friend, was the fragrance of death. 
Okay, her brother had just passed and things were getting thick and it's the fragrance of death. But there is another fragrance that shows up in the book of John 12 verses three. And the fragrance of that is a perfume fragrance. See, uh, something just to conclude, you have to know is that when you're at the feet of Jesus, every situation is possible because it's a safe space to be at his feet. Okay, when all is well and it's festive with food and friends and possibilities, okay, um, you can enter and be at the feet of Jesus. But when worse things happen and a loss takes place and a brother is gone, a close family member is gone, a situation that is undesirable takes place, you can find yourself, okay, at the feet of Jesus, And lastly, okay, um, when um, the fragrance of an expensive perfume fills the room, it has an allure, it's drawing, and there's something about Jesus that draws us into his presence, into his presence today. Okay, but Martha and Mary in this, the two sisters, okay, um, are always contrasted. Okay, they're always contrasted, um, pinned one uh, to the one side and the other to the other side, and and things are crazy. Um, uh, think about society for a second. Society, and I'm not going to get too deep in this, but everything we do, people want us to choose a side. They want us to choose, are you this side or that side? Did you do this or did you do that? Or um, on social media, it's very prevalent, hashtag this side, hashtag that side. What do you do when you're stuck in the middle, in between, in the midst of a situation? And oftentimes, Martha and Mary are pinned against each other. One time when I was in art school, I remember I was an athlete and an artist. And typically, them days, things didn't really matter, okay? And I had one set of friends on one side, and um, my athletic friends would say, uh, how come Micah is kicking it with all them artists, okay? Uh, the tech guys and the geeks and those that painted, and they call me terms like artsy-fartsy, and I don't know who made up that term, okay? Because though it rhymes, it doesn't really give a good picture, okay? But uh, the crazy part about this is um, um, people wanted me to be an athlete or an artist. They wanted me to draw and to create and to develop or to solely be an athletic individual where I chewed and ate and dreamed everything sports. But here's here's the situation is I actually was stuck in between. Because in between, I was a little bit of both. In between, I was a little bit of that. And in between, I was athletic, but I thought with an artistic and a creative approach. And, and uh, um, if you find yourself in that situation, okay, you're okay. But let, let, let's, let's press forward. Certainly, our personalities and gifts are different. But that doesn't mean that the life of a Christ follower, okay, is either or. Here's what I mean by this, okay? If anything in this life is causing you to select 
this way or that way. Okay, if it's not the word of God, friend, if it's not the Bible that is pushing you um, according to the text, then don't let anyone position you to be this or that. I'm going somewhere with this. Okay, Um, don't let anyone pause you and say that you can only be one way. You can only be that friend. If the Bible doesn't say that, let me just pause. Just pump your bakes, put it in park and say this, that. Only the scripture, only God's word will dictate which side you are to be on. So don't be um, fixated on what culture says that we have to be. God calls us to more than that. Okay, but there was a great, a great um, church historian that wrote hymns. Okay, Um, his name was Charles Wesley, and he wrote something. Okay, he wrote this. He said, faithful to my Lord's commands I still would choose the better part. He had bars, okay? Um, Serve with careful Martha's hands and loving Mary's heart. What he's saying is there is something about the both that come together and, okay? Something about this side and something about that side that come together and. But before we take it further, let's pause for a second and consider Martha. Let's just consider Martha for a second. Let's put ourselves in the picture of Martha. See, Martha was um, like a lot of us, okay? She, she received Jesus. Jesus was important. Would you agree? Yeah, he he was very important. Jesus was important. And she was having the master, the great I am, show up at her house, okay? And she received him in his home, in her home. She received him in her home. But the text doesn't say she greeted him, she kissed him, she met him. The the text uh, just infers that she actually ignored him, okay? She, she, uh, neglected him as she prepared an elaborate meal. Okay, she, hey, 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 sit down there while I continue to clean, to stir up the oven, to to do it. And I have to tell you that she prepared an elaborate meal um, when there wasn't necessarily a need for the elaborate meal. But she's not alone. Let's put ourselves into a situation. Have you ever had somebody important um, coming to your house? Or maybe you had a big outing where people that you wanted to come to show up, to to befriend you, to be a part of this thing, to come into your place. And you had an elaborate spread. You had all kinds of preparation. You made sure the house was put together. You made sure things were in order and things were prepped. Okay, and nothing could unfix you from your fixation to accomplish the task at hand. Nothing could remove the this thing that um, was in front of you. I must prepare the chicken. I must prepare the veggies. I must cook this and 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 kids put that away uh baby can you put those things away get that done and you're barking orders from this side and that side while you're preparing for the important guests to come over you probably would neglect Jesus too if that was where you were would you agree okay would you agree okay but understand this 
there's something to this text I want you to zoom in on, okay? Certainly a meal was appropriate and in order, but what we do with Christ, this is important, okay? But what we do with Christ is far more important than what we do for Christ. I'm going to read that again just to be redundant because I want to make sure you get this, okay? Um, what we do with Christ is far more important than what we do for Christ. It's a difference of with Christ and for Christ. We can't let what we do for him get in the way of what we do with him. We can't let what we're preparing for him get in the way of the time we have with him. Are you tracking with me? See, I struggled with the name of this message. I struggled with the name of it because I almost named it um, The Balance and Burden. That's a good title. That's that's a good title. And then this popped in my head, uh, uh, Catch-22. Mm. Could you consider that for a second? I, I almost titled it um, um, The Dichotomy of My Life, being this and. And then I uh, randomly was walking and I said, man, I'm kind of stuck in between. And I felt it was simple and appropriate because culture wants us to be this. They want us to be that. And let's just pause and, and make it personal for a second. There are times that we encounter this life where we only worship. See, when I first gave my life to the Lord and when I started seeking him, I started loving on him. And I found myself for hours worshiping and praying and giving my heart to the Lord and crying and seeking and opened up. Oh, God, I love you. Oh, Father, I need you. You are worthy to be praised. You are awesome in all your ways. I welcome you into my life. Okay, but. As God began to trust me in worship, as God began to open up doors, as the Lord began to see the consistency of pursuit for him, he, the Lord, started to add responsibility onto my back. He started to put weight and things and open up the doors for certain scenarios. And I got a chance to actually serve and do all kinds of amazing things for the kingdom of God. That process of being on the knees, okay, turned into a process of serving and seeking and pushing and developing and going. And I realized there was a true dichotomy in the scenario. There was a dichotomy in my life. And, and for you, I can't assume you know what dichotomy means. And so I'm going to read you a simple definition. Okay, A dichotomy is an idea or classification split into two. Okay. When you point out a dichotomy, you draw a clear distinction between two things. Think about it. Mary okay, and Martha. All right. A dichotomy is a contrast between two separate things. Okay. Especially those that oppose. Okay. Like war and peace or love and hate. Okay. You might find yourself in a dichotomy. But why is it that culture says that we can only be an artist or an athlete? Why is it that it even trickles into a church? Okay, you can only serve and or just worship. Okay, 
why is it that when we read the text of this, this simple scripture, this simple depiction of Jesus showing up at a certain lady's house named Martha and she's serving while Mary, her sister, is on her knees. Why is it that we find ourselves in between that we can only do this and that? See, ladies and gentlemen, I want to pause for a second and zoom in and really just lean into the fact that God is calling us to do both. Okay, God is calling you. Yes, the person on the other side of this, God is calling you to serve and to worship, to serve with your whole heart. Okay, according to Colossians chapter three, to serve in all that you do as unto the Lord. But he's also calling you to worship with gladness, with openness of heart. And we see in this text Jesus's emphasis. Let's let's go a, a little further. Let's go a little further. OK, few things are damaging in the Christian life as trying to work for Christ without taking time to commune with Christ. For the scripture says in John chapter 15, verse five, it it reads, I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit for without me, you can do nothing. See, in this text, Mary has chosen the better part. She has chosen the, the better part, okay? She has chosen the part that is needed, okay, for every scenario, okay? All right. Um, But you have to understand, Mary chose this according to Matthew 4, 4. It reads, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. See, Mary knew that she uh, couldn't only live by bread. She knew that she couldn't only be sustained by the practical things of life, by serving and doing this. She, she could, has to be sustained by something else greater than her. Remember at the beginning of the message when I referenced that in three different locations, she was found on her knees at Jesus' feet? She was found, okay, um, in a moment of preparation for food for a meal in front of Jesus' feet, okay, listening to his word. She was found when her brother had died. They didn't know what to do. They were praying for the Lord to come on her knees, okay, in front of the Lord, beckoning and spilling out her worship and her pain, okay. But she was also found, my friends, okay, she, she was found pouring out a fresh oil of fragrance and that fragrance of Christ drew her to pour out a fragrance that the ministry of this Mary of Bethany okay, goes out to the world because of what she poured out. She chose the better thing. But I want to tell you something today. Okay, friends, we are called to serve the Lord and to worship the Lord. We are called. See, I want to tell you, if God is drawing you to mature in Christ, if he's calling you to grow in Christ, you're going to have to find a balance between worshiping and serving. Now, I've emphasized more of the worship thus far, but I want to reemphasize the serving. Okay. Um, there's an old adage that says many hands make the work light. 
Many hands, many hands. It takes many hands to run a successful business. It takes many hands to build a home and let it be sustained. It takes many hands to to reach a community that God has given us in the Orlando area. It takes many hands to run a student ministry. And there is a necessity, there is a a need, there is a desire and a request um, that you serve. If you're not serving in the house, meaning if you're not doing something to help push forth the mission of dreams to the mission of accomplishment, the mission that God has given Pastor Damon and and Dr. Taisha, if you're not serving in a capacity, you have to know that you're missing out. You're missing out on relationship. You're missing out on the possibility for God to do something on the inside of you, okay, to be the solution to the community that God has set you in. You have to serve. You have to pick up chairs. You have to be the solution that God presents in front of people because he works through us to reach them. And if he can reach them, friends, he can reach the others that are coming and it takes our service, but we cannot be servants alone. We cannot be servants alone. We need a Mary and Martha spirit. I hear M&M's speaking in my heart. We need M&M's in our heart. We need M&M's in our spirit. We have to know that God is raising up servants and worshipers together. And the church of God is calling for us to mature, that we can balance this life, okay, and at the same time, raise up our awareness of the need for what's to accomplish. Does that does that make sense? Okay, Mary often gets the bad rap. She gets the negative side of things like her preparation for an elaborate meal is erroneous. She simply wanted to feed the man of God. She simply wanted to feed the king of kings. She simply wanted what she was talented at. I mean, you you have that auntie um, that can cook. I mean, uh, uh, the big auntie that can cook. And you know when you show up, you slap your belly and you say, praise the Lord, I'm making room. You don't eat breakfast. You don't eat no snacks. <laughs> you, you don't eat any of that. Because when you show up to eat, That auntie, she's going to put that extra seasoning and them greens and make you a big fat plate. And when you eat it, mm, this is what Martha was doing. And so there's good intent. She was serving. She was preparing the house. She was getting things ready. But don't let the getting of things ready hold you back from what stands in front of you. Okay, what stands in front of you? One thing that I love about Martha and Mary is that the both of them were faithful. The both of them were faithful. They were both consistent. That they they were both faithful in what they did, and they were both consistent. But I believe in the core of me that there is a tension to being consistent. Let me share this with you, okay? Um, there is a progression, okay? Faithfulness earns trust. So let's just pause there for a second. If you've been coming to the church, okay, for a year now, 
right? And you've been faithful each and every week. You've been paying your tithes. You've been doing what God has commissioned you to do, okay? And God is raising up, and you're getting this feeling on the inside of you that there's more to this. It might be time to start picking up some of the weight of the church. It might be some time, okay, uh, the time that you start emphasizing um, more than just sitting and listening and receiving because God is calling you. He's, he's calling you. And there is a progression. There is a progression, friends, okay, to this thing. Faithfulness earns trust, okay? And we don't gain trust until we are consistent over time. That's that is a big deal. Okay, consistency requires intentionality, right? Stick to itiveness and the inner self motivation to push push past. Okay, um, what is holding us back? See, we're in a culture that consistency is not something always talked about. Okay, consistency. Okay, consistently, I am fill in the blank. Maybe consistently you are mad. We can meet at the altar. Maybe consistently you are lazy. I get it, okay? Maybe consistently, okay, you are something fill in the blank. See, God is calling for people that can serve and worship consistently, okay? Consistently. Where does the tension of consistency come from? Well, when a person is inconsistent, culture, life, people, responsibility calls us to be consistent. Personally, I, I take on weight and I do things. I say yes more than I probably should to do things, okay? And when I produce something, I, I just think that if I can't put my name on it, um, if it's not good and I can't put my name on it, I work harder and I'm intense about producing that which is quality and good. But the tension to be at that level at times can choke me in a way that causes me to be inconsistent and balls have to drop. And I need a Mary spirit starting to call me to get on my knees in front of the master at his feet and listening to his word. See, I believe that God is calling you to worship the Lord and have a merry okay, encounter with Jesus's words at his feet. But I also believe God is, is calling you to serve and to pick up some weight and to manage your resources and time so you can be hands and feet in the house of God. He's calling for you who are in between to take on some weight, okay? Habits are formed with consistency. Culture is formed by healthy consistency. God is doing something in City Place Church. He's doing something in the earth, and it's going to take your hands, okay? It's not about intensity, but it's definitely about consistency. See, God is calling for us to worship the Lord, but he's also calling for us to serve in the house, okay? American culture is steeped in what's happening 
what's latest and greatest, what's new and what's coming out, what's going here and what's coming in, what's the latest and the greatest, but it's rarely championed, better stated, and built upon of the person that was consistently doing the same exact thing over time, okay? The negativity of consistency, eventually it will become unseen but we have to be okay with being unseen. Maybe you've been serving for years and you feel unseen. Well, I would question for a second, let's just check our motives. I'm, I'm preaching to myself because I had to check my motive. Being unseen for being consistent means that your reward is greater from the Lord. Okay, because the Lord sees everything. And if what you do consistently is seen by the Lord, okay, who sees all that's unseen, you are in a good place. Okay, you need next no applause to what you consistently need to do. Okay, applause is the wrong fuel. What I do consistently is not rewarded. You need no reward for consistency. It's your faithfulness, friend. Your faithfulness is a game changer. And God is calling you to worship and to serve, to be faithful in the house of God. Okay? Be careful not to do your righteous acts before men. Matthew chapter 6, you should read it. Okay? Let your right hand not know what your left hand is doing. Don't talk about your consistency. Don't serve to be seen. Don't make a dinner for Jesus to say, hmm. That cooking is good, and so he can tell the people, no, make a dinner because that's a motive of your heart. And in the motivation of your heart, okay, get on your knees at his feet and worship him like Mary. Amen? Amen? Let others be the beneficiary and the benefactors of your consistency. All right? So I just want to just pause here. If I were to give some resolution to being stuck in between, maybe you are one thing, but in your heart it bleeds for the other thing. Okay, I had a friend who I worked with and it was so hard for her to work in the church and actually receive. And I, and I would speak to her just like I'm speaking to you um, from the Jewish context. This is, this is fascinating as I finish, okay? From a Jewish context, there is this concept that um, uh, the sunset begins the new day. So for us in American culture, okay, we wake up in the morning, okay, and we go and it's go and it's about no sleep and it's about pushing and it's about going and it's about uh, pressing and it's about uh, produce it, get it done, what's latest and what's greatest. But in the Jewish context, okay, the day doesn't begin until rest starts. When the sunset begins, the day starts. You rest and then you wake up and you live out of that rest. So powerful. Okay. Everything about the Lord starts with the Lord first. Okay. So like Mary, you need to start. Like when you first gave your life to the Lord, start at his feet. Stay at his feet through hard times and let the fragrance of the moment, let the fragrance of Christ and let your oil create a fresh aroma over to him. But like Martha, who's keeping it in the family, 
Don't forget that the work won't get done until you start working, until you join the team, okay? Get on the plan, okay? Listen to the vision and bring your own uniqueness to accomplish what God wants to do in the church. Claim dependence even before a time of weakness. I want to tell you this, and as we finish here, I feel like there's some people right now listening to me that different facets of this message hit you in different ways. Maybe you haven't worshiped in a while. Maybe uh, you, you used to serve and seek God like Mary, always at his feet, and now you're a busybody, moving and bouncing and accomplishing, and that's good, but you've lost your first love. I want to pray for you. Maybe you're like Mary, okay, excuse me, like Martha, and you used to worship the Lord, but you got good at serving, and God trusted you with weight, and you're actually talented and gifted at what you're doing, and perhaps you've lost your fuel. I want to tell you something. Let me pray for you, okay? Let me pray for you. Would you bow your head? And for those, too, maybe you want to know the Lord. Maybe you want to seek his face and know him personally. I want to pray for you. Would you bow your head? Heavenly Father, we pause for just a second and we thank you for your grace and your power. Father, if we feel stuck between, between a rock and a hard place, between uh, a difficult scenario, Lord, I made it about uh, serving and worshiping, but it could be between life and death or uh, between temptation and a choice to follow after you. Lord, I pray for my brother and my sister today watching. I thank you for your grace that's so available and it's reachable to the man and woman today. Lord, I pray if they, if they don't know you, that they would by faith just declare a simple word. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you into my heart, come and live on the inside of me. I give my room, my house, my keys to you. Help me to follow after you. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. So check it out. If you said this prayer and you want to get connected, or maybe you um, said this prayer and you asked Jesus on the inside of your heart, okay? Here's what we do at City Place Church. I want you to text keyword City Place, okay, to 94000. Again, that's text keyword City Place to 94000, okay? And someone from our team will reach out to you, connect with you, pray with you, and get you connected. First of all, and second, thank you for spending time today. Thanks for welcoming us today. And make sure you come back next week to hear our pastors, Pastor Damon and Dr. Taisha. God bless you. See you soon.